Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, co-founder and chief royalty officer of Royalty. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hey, welcome back to Money in the Air, the Neighboring Rights Podcast brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. So basically what happened was there was a collaboration over Instagram where a Norwegian artist posted just a melody sketch and he suggested to the Netherlands artist that he provide a baseline. That's good. So they continued working at home for each of them, creating their own parts of the recording at their own expense and in their own studios or bedrooms, however it turns out. And then when it was put together, the Norwegian artist's label claimed the rights holder share of the recording and all of the ownership. And of course, that's not right and fair in my mind. Anyway, neither was it in the Netherlands-based artist's mind because it went to court. And it went to court in Norway and the Norwegian Supreme Court ruled that it was under their copyright act. The label paid for it. I don't know how they did it because they said the label was the producer, although the copyright act doesn't define producer. Um, and the normal interpretation would be who organized and paid for the recording sessions. So we all agree with that, because that's the same in the UK and the US. This really does relate to the fact that sound recordings, by and large, are owned by one entity, typically a record label, and then they contract out producers as a work for hire to supplement the recordings. This really does open up the question of co-ownership in sound recordings. So in this case, what actually would be correct would be a percentage is to be owned by the Netherlands producer and whatever percentage would be owned by the Norwegian artist as a sound recording. I don't believe the Norwegian record label had the right to automatically claim 100% ownership over that, the sound recording. Unless that there was another contract that we're not aware of that wasn't in this article that said that the Netherlands producer was indeed a work for hire and a producer of this sound recording, and that's what they agreed to. But no, if it was just a collaboration that was done online and both parties put in their own time and resources and creating these sounds for this recording, then no, the Norwegian record label had to should not have a right to claim 100%. I agree completely. And in terms of who gets what, I mean, first of all, I don't think the label has a right to release it at all without the signature of the Netherlands-based artist. If they wanted to release it, they'd have to take his tracks off because they just don't own them without a written agreement. That's not the way copyright works. But also in terms of the written agreement, it would have stipulated, if they had done one, that the Netherlands-based artist was a featured performer 
And I'm wondering if they only registered him as a non-featured baseline player. So that would be slimy as well, in my opinion. I wonder if this had been litigated somewhere other than Norway, if it would have had a different outcome, because I suspect it would have. What I really like about this case is that it does, it opens up the question of co-ownership. And on the music composition side, it's very typical for there to be multiple songwriters in the room and to get percentages of the copyright for each one of the songwriters. And then both of them have the writer share percentage and they also have the publisher share percentage. I think this case really does open up the need for co-ownership of the sound recording in the same fashion. So you're not leaving out producers, or in this case might be synonymous with another featured artist on the recording um, from the artist share performance and then also from the label share performance as well. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen yeah. to this, this Netherlands producer if they're going to get label share performance royalties or they're going to get artist share performance royalties or maybe neither. Who knows? I think this case really does open up the concept of co-ownership within the sound recording. It does. And it will eventually have an impact on international neighboring rights legislation because... As we know, it's an inalienable right within Europe and the US. You can't waive it in Europe. So for them to take, they don't have the right, he can't have given it away under any kind of agreement. He could only have agreed not to enforce his own rights. So I think the Netherlands-based artist can go ahead and register as the rights owner or at least for his share. And the other thing that the court said was that it's too complicated to have multiple recording owners. Well, that's not true at all. No, when that's I not true. a PPL registration, I can add as many rights holder owners as I want. Same at sound exchange. So there you go. So really flawed reasoning in Norway, just really bad, but they are part of Europe. So we'll see if it goes any further. I mean, it could go to the international court, I'm sure. Yeah, and if anybody is going to not collaborate with Norwegian artists, any producers that are supplementing recordings for Norwegian artists are not going to want to collaborate with them because they know that they are essentially giving up their, their rights, at least for the country of Norway. I don't know what the other countries are going to do about it. That's right. Or at least if you're going to. Yeah. And at least if you're going to. And you know what? In every case... Do an agreement in writing first. Just put it in writing first, and then you don't have to go to court over anything. People are not thinking about it. When you're a creator, you find an artist that you you vibe with, then you find a producer or somebody else that you... And that's what's kind of beautiful about technology and social media is that it has no borders. And so there are a lot of like yes. albums, there are a lot of recordings that were put out during the pandemic. They're literally from creators all over the world collaborating together on the same recording. We need to figure out a way to to encourage these types of collaborations with the right setup. But yeah, it's just, I think you're right, Stacey. Get an agreement in writing who, like, what is going on with this collaboration. Absolutely right. Yep, absolutely right. Oh, that was fascinating. Thank you, Andrew. No, thank you, and Stacey, thank for bringing you. this up. Pleasure.
And thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. And remember, if you're not already a member, go to www.iafar.co.uk and join. We'd love to have you. Take care.